The following program is an abridged audio version of the streaming video talk show, A Wonderful Chaos. The hosts are Andy Chaliff and Bambos Dimitriou. The format is entirely casual, unscripted conversation. If you'd like to watch a live taping or participate with your comments in real time, subscribe to A Wonderful Chaos on YouTube, Facebook, Periscope, or Twitch. a lot of it for us too is putting aside ego to say like it doesn't have to be my way entirely like if there is room and it's kind of funny because just like you said oh I'll leave some space for you like for me I have to say okay I'll leave space for Amanda to do her thing I can put my ego aside she can put her ego aside and there's some space in the middle and we were only we were doing the things that made us feel better Mm. And just inviting some others in to share space with us and to explore it as well. It's a wonderful chaos. Solo or tandem. We work to find rest and fight to find peace. Both head and the heart. What are we doing here? You mean listening to this show? Where the more that you learn is the less that you know. Where the wounded are healers. And the atheists pray? It's a wonderful chaos and we like it that way. It's a wonderful chaos and we like it that way. It's a wonderful chaos and we like it that way. Today we're going to discuss starting a business with Kristen Dobbs and Amanda Austin. Two years ago, they went through an experience which we're not supposed to discuss, which is just fine for us. But that experience brought them together, and then they decided to do business. So we're going to discuss with them the trials, tribulations, experiences, what you've learned from going into business. So although these two individuals are doing incredible things in the world, which we'll get into, I was really interested when I heard the two of them started to work together. And, you know, I'm always looking for the stories we bring on the show to be things that are honest challenges that people face. Yeah. And one of the most uh, honest challenges I've seen in, in my own life and, and cult, like working, mentoring and coaching others is when two people come together to start a business and, and they'll often be very good friends and they feel like that friendship translates into business. And a lot of times it doesn't. In fact, I've seen some of the best friendships go horribly wrong after people went into business. Yeah. Yeah. In my case, it wasn't so it, with, 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 you case. Know, with case. Yeah. yeah. The name is case as well. Case the Brown. Yeah. yeah. And I think and the key to that, which I would say is we shared values and the values were far more important than the business itself. Beautiful. That was what I would say. I mean, I didn't like case at all. He was an asshole. I mean, I loved him, but he was an asshole. He was. He was totally an asshole. But I mean, he was so principled that you had to respect him, you know, and I and I always laugh and say, I'd rather that someone respect me than like me. As a, as a photographer, I have uh, I'm working now with two lovely ladies. Yeah. And it is a friendship. And all of a sudden we started doing these amazing photo shoots together. Yes. And it's a it's a concept, a conceptual shoots. And uh, what I see because we share different principles and values in how we operate in life in terms of uh, if we make appointments, we stick to them and yeah. showing up in a timely manner. Um, all of a sudden, I find myself managing. Yeah. And in a way, that, that's where it starts to get challenging. But what I find beautiful in, in our relationship, 
I get to express without blaming. Yeah. But I can share how, how the impact. Yeah. And and really being present that I'm not trying to. There's no undercurrent of guilt or I, shame. I, wa- I want you to feel guilty or yeah. shame or manipulative. It's really like owning fully where I am. Yeah. And you know, I, I'm also kind of surrendered. If if it doesn't make sense to work, then that's just okay. Then that's just okay. Yeah, that's beautiful. I mean, I know you. When you work with clients, you have a very high expectation of what you deliver. So to bring somebody else to work with you with your expectations that that also is a challenge. Yeah, yeah. It's relationships built with trust, and since I spend like half a day sending two hundred and or 300 cold emails a day to yeah. get a client. And all of a sudden I'm working with two people who might not hold that space with me. And all of a sudden we've lost that client and that's like, Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. They, so, you did the hard work to get them. So it's really easy for another person not to value how much time and energy it took. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. So I'm really curious to see what, to see what these Kristen two have. And Amanda, Kristen and Amanda. Welcome. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you for coming. You're going to be very famous after this. And you're, yeah. you're <laughs> Did you? I'm a little nervous with your intro of us not knowing what we've gotten into. Uh, <laughs> I know. Well, we could see her. I've never had Bambos reach over to me and says, during the during our little intro, he said, look, he says, did you see their faces? I'm worried these two don't know what they've gotten themselves into. And I just had this laugh. Like, I'm like, yeah, they almost look like, what is going on here? <laughs> It's very early in the morning, our time. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, You two, how long have you been friends? Well, we've known each other for what? Like six? Five five or six years? Yeah. And I'd say we were probably more like acquaintances for the first chunk of that time. Um, But we've been good friends for... At least three. Yeah. Did you have any judgment towards one another when you first met? Were there like things that you saw in the other person that you didn't like? Which made them stay acquaintances. Yes. Before you guys became friends. Ah, That's interesting. Amanda wasn't (laughs) the most friend. Like she's not a super outgoing person. So I think it was harder to get to know her because I'm pretty like outgoing and a bit loud. And I think that she's a little (laughs) more introverted. Um, So we had to kind of meet in the middle. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a great combination, by the way, when it works. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it's worked really well for us. But yes, it's definitely some different personalities that we had to kind of blend or work or yeah work to yeah. you at all yeah it's almost like you 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 acknowledge the differences and you embrace them yes mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i think that's one of the biggest challenge cuz i'll do a lot of um consulting for businesses where they'll be looking to hire for a position and then i'm trying to say what's a good match and mm-hmm. and and the humor is it's not really all that it's not that obvious because you're not looking for a person who's like the person. Exactly. You're, you're looking for someone to compliment them in ways that that don't seem obvious. Yeah. And introvert and extrovert, 
it, and th- th- those are big categories and they're overgeneralization. So they are, yeah. So we lose, but we'll use it just for the sake of simplicity. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it, it, when you, when I've seen when people are, uh, how would you say when they respect and appreciate that in another and don't see that it's a lack in themselves, yeah. then that's like the sweetest co- cooperation that I've seen. Yeah. 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 And I think, I think a lot of it for us too is putting aside ego to say like, it doesn't have to be yeah. my way entirely. Like if there yeah. is room and it's kind of funny because just like you said, Oh, I'll leave some space for you. You know, you mm-hmm. kind of have to do that in, in a working relationship as well to say like, I'll like for me, I have to say, okay, I'll leave space for Amanda to do her thing. It doesn't have to be, I can put my ego aside. She can put her ego aside and there's mm-hmm. some space in the middle. Mm. Can can you help me a little bit understand who, who went to who with a, with a business idea and what was the what was the excitement that you were following? We accidentally started a business. Yeah. Okay. So sort of the initial idea was that we were interested in meeting others in the community that would want to meditate. So we're so okay. Yeah, we're, maybe back up a bit. <laughs> backing up a little bit. Uh, we're now our business centers around meditation and wellness. Mm-hmm. And nice. It's been, you know, it's it's doing quite well and it's been absolutely amazing for the last two years. Um, but for both of us, we had gone through some life-changing experiences. We weren't sure how to navigate that. And we were doing all of the things that they tell you, um, like, this is what you should do. You should go to therapy. You should do this. You should do that. And we were doing them all. It wasn't quite working. So one of the things that I decided to kind of lean into, I wanted to look into some alternative stuff to see what else was out there. And I started to really lean into meditation and it was helping me. And I said, like, hey, Amanda, um, this is really helpful to me. So she started to we started to meditate together. Mm -hmm. And then we kind of just had this idea that maybe we'd meet other people that also wanted to meditate yeah. And I mean, even oh, hold that- on, let's slow this down. This yeah. is too fucking beautiful. So, <laughs> so you're kind of telling me it's one of these, like, like the opposite of trying to make a business. It just made sense. So you keep doing what made sense and you got to wherever you are now. Exactly. And we were only, we were doing the things that made us feel better. Mm. And just inviting some others into share space with us and to explore it as well. But then what happened is that we had the idea that um, other people would come in and bring meditations that they (laughs) liked and that we would it would be like everyone alternated and no one was interested in that. Uh, They just wanted us to lead meditations. They wanted to pay us to lead meditations. Yeah. Like, like, like I don't want, I don't want the burden of having to come up with anything. I just want to show up and do it and leave. Yeah. So our idea Mm -hmm. for just this group where everyone shares and kind of takes turn very quickly changed into, oh, okay, maybe this is the start of a business. But even then we were like, okay, we'll casually do it. Yeah. And like a few people will show up. And then all of a sudden it was like 10, 20, 30, 30 plus people showing up and telling us that we weren't charging enough and trying to give us more money. And we're like, okay. (laughs) 
I, I guess that this I, is a business. So in a way, I'm, what I'm hearing is the people that joined these meditations were actually acquaintances and friends. Maybe a couple of them were, but for yeah. the vast majority of them, we'd never met them before. Okay. People wow. were just telling their friends who were telling their friends who were telling their friends and 30 people were descending yeah, on loading us. up their cars and driving over an hour in rush hour traffic. <laughs> so, so how, how did you like, how did you start charging? Because I can imagine when you start some, I, I know for myself, by the way, when I started a business, I was charging like 50 euros for an hour shoot. Right. And eventually I build it up to like 350, 500, uh, mm -hmm. 1500. So in a way, where were you guys on that scale? So it, it's kind of interesting because part of this as well is that I have a little herd of rescued horses on a farm. And that's where we were doing these meditations. And the woman that owns the farm uh, is lovely, but she's always out to get a buck so she said okay if you're of all of these people are coming then like you should be paying me to use the space which yes a hundred percent a woman so that owns the farm please no offense <laughs> <laughs> yeah she's absolutely lovely but like mm. it makes sense right and so we had offered to pay so then we're like okay well where is this money going to come from so i guess we have to charge people a small amount to come. And so that's kind of where we started. Mm -hmm. And one of our kind of mandates is that our belief is that things like meditation that are supporting mental health should be accessible to people. Cause I feel like sometimes in the wellness industry, you get people like, Gwyneth Paltrow, don't be offended. Um, please don't sue me. But uh, with her, like, you know, $700 smoothies and uh, all of these things that are super not affordable to regular people. So we've always kind of tried to keep fairly affordable while also like running a business. Yeah, so, yeah. Hmm. yeah. So, I mean, our prices haven't actually changed much at all. Yeah. Since we first got started, because we really do want to make sure that it's accessible to everyone and that they're, yeah. Nice. Yeah. I mean, the point is always, can you make a living from it? And does it suit the vision going forward? Because a lot of times what I've seen is that as you do this work, you'll get 30, 40, 50. And then you'll say, well, if we really want to do this on the next level, then we need to get that or we need to do this. So we need to, and it cost more money. So in a mm -hmm. weird way, I've often seen that as businesses grow, they have to ask more, not because they uh, because they can sustain themselves on that level, but because they often want to build to another level. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So is I that, think is that how it's, is that how it's worked for you guys, or how is that? Well, the, so the pandemic was really interesting because for us, like we, you were saying that you are just kind of, it's the worst it's been for you in Amsterdam. Yeah. We kind of just came out of the worst that mm -hmm. it's been for us. Um, and so we're starting to gently open back up in Canada. Um, mm. So we were working away, working away, working away, and things were going really well. And then the pandemic like shut. Yeah. Everything. 
Yeah. So we had to really look at pivoting into kind of more of an online space, um, which is something that we're kind of now working on moving into in the future. So being able to have uh, reach a much larger audience um, and have some sort of more higher ticket uh, options as well. So, yeah, we are going to have we are kind of building and going to have to build to that next level Mm -hmm. and yeah, and figuring out how figuring out now kind of how to make that all work. Are you do you uh, do either of you or both of you have other work that you do separate from this or is this full time for you? This is this is our thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, and the reason why I ask is because that adds obviously a dimension of pressure that you really do need to earn income in order for this to work. You, you can't just do this uh, unless business is coming in. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, there was some definite pivoting over the pandemic, um, but now we're kind of back and we're like very focused. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So it's a lot of our energy. <laughs> yeah. How has it been? Because in a way, it's uh, you were doing the mindfulness work to heal yourselves. Mm-hmm. And now you've basically taken what you did to heal yourself and you've just scaled it up. And yeah. h- how has your own healing journey been in that? Because in a weird way, it's sort of it's now it's, I don't want to call it a job, but it is also a job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's continued to just grow honestly, and change as we've, again, kind of shifted into offering this to others as well. We both obviously have our own meditation practices that we Mm -hmm. keep up with. And it's been such an incredible experience to be able to connect with so many people in the community and to kind of go on that journey with them as well. Because so many of the people that have been in our community have been coming out for like a year and a half. And so we've really gotten to know them and to see their own journeys as well and how meditations help them. So I think it's added another layer there. Yeah. And I think that we kind of are being, we're trained as humans that we should be independent and do our stuff by ourselves, And we should be this like strong person that can do it all themselves. And we're not like we as humans are, are meant to have community and connection mm-hmm. and, and we're not meant to be solitary. And so I think for us, inviting other people to kind of walk on our journey with us mm. has actually been incredibly healing for mm-hmm. us as well. So I think it all kind of builds and we always see reflections of where we've been in other people. Yeah. You know, they're they're they'll come and they'll tell us like, oh, I'm going through this. And I'm like, oh, that was us like, you know, yeah. one and a half years ago. I, I yeah. get that. Yeah. Um, and so it's allowed us to identify with people that are going through crazy things. Yeah. yeah. What kind of challenges did you have in the beginning in holding space for people like and, and how has that evolved over time? Mm. Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I mean, well, I think our capacity I'm asking, has grown. I'm asking because I, I do authentic relating workshops in Amsterdam. Mm. And I remember the first ones until today, like in the beginning, I was like, oh, fuck. And, I was like, <laughs> and now there's an oh, fuck, but I dive in. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You're like, I've got my oh, fuck tools. Like, yeah. Really interesting, and it has really changed. You're totally mm-hmm. right. It does change, and your kind of ability 
to to dive into it and to have the tools and know what to do has really changed. And I think we had a lot of those moments, especially when people feel comfortable and they start to open up to you and they're saying like, I can't, I'm really struggling to meditate because I'm going through an abusive relationship or I'm going through like a a great loss, like the loss of a child or a family member. And I think initially we were not prepared for that. We weren't really prepared for people to kind of have these um, sort of epiphanies post meditation and, and to, we, yeah, we just didn't, we were in a big, oh fuck, because yeah, that's not something we ever went into it expecting, oh, okay, we're going to hold a meditation and then we're going to hear people's like deepest, darkest things that they don't often share with others. So yeah, have you have you had situations where deep trauma was released? And how did you deal with that? For us, I think we have to be very clear that we are not counselors, we are not therapists, we're Mm -hmm. a beautiful tool, but that people that people if you are experiencing that kind of trauma, we're more than happy to work in conjunction with um, therapy or counseling. Uh, but we can't, uh, we can hold space for you to work through that, but you need to like, people need to be working on those deep traumas Mm. as well. Like Mm -hmm. we can't be the only tool in your toolkit. Yeah. So I'm having an image of you two holding space together and let's say Kristen is, is guiding the meditation and, and it could be the other way around, by the way. But then Amanda, as, as the meditation is going, I was like, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Uh, oh, wish I, I wish you didn't say that. Like, did you ever have that? And how did you give feedback to each other? <laughs> <laughs> We've developed an interesting and effective <laughs> communication style throughout our events. <laughs> <laughs> we we have okay so now we're hundreds of meditations yeah. and events in sure. like we're talking hundreds. about the the beginning now yeah yeah and so um we do we go kind of back and forth in mm-hmm. our meditations and it's we have like a whole range of like facial facial hand expressions like gesturing at things to slow down speak up like yeah. you name so it yeah. yeah and you know we know we know kind of if we're going too quickly and then we'll be like longer longer like, uh-huh. just a little bit or a lot or you know uh, yeah wow wow so it's a uh, it's, it's it's its own yeah, I live, I, I live, I live, I, I regress to some very uncomfortable moments in my own life on that topic, for sure. Bumbus has another question, so we're going to continue on his. Uh, tell me about triggers between you. I love the deep breaths whenever I ask a question, like, like how we trigger each other. Yeah, and, and, and you know, so it, it feels like you guys have a really beautiful relationship. And obviously, you've done a lot of work internally to be able to hold each other's, um, yourselves and each other's uh, space. And then, of course, we get triggered. And I'm wondering, um, how do you how do you guys navigate those conversations in a way that it's not personal, but it comes from a loving space? And breathe. Yeah. Hey, it's in, it's our, it's our like literal job. Yeah. 
everything. Oh, that's a really interesting question. I think one of the things is that we have different communication styles. And I think that that can sometimes be a little triggering where I like to over communicate and Amanda goes quiet. <laughs> now, I often go quiet because I'm thinking. I'm a little, I'm like processing. <laughs> My processing time is slower. Um, but I think I can yeah. usually be like, and then she's just like, yeah. Does she do the stone face thing? Yeah. <laughs> the stone face thing is so hard because you don't know, are they thinking? Are they judging? Are they like, like I always, I had a friend that stone faced and I said, just do me a favor and nod every second. Just so I know <laughs> that you, you've, the messages at least come inside your head. Like that's all I need. Like that, that friend's amazing. <laughs> yeah. uh, but what we discovered is that friend had trauma who was that friend? Was that you? Wasn't you? <laughs> well, I, I I recognize it in myself actually. Um, mm -hmm. If you look at our first shows, um, mm. uh, uh, Andy would say, "Oh, you're shutting down. You're shutting down. Mm -hmm. You're shutting down." But in fact, there was a trauma there, and as soon mm -hmm. as we named it as a trauma, I stopped feeling judged. So I was reacting to the judgment as opposed to anything else. Oh, um, interesting. So, so when people say stone-faced, I'm always curious what's behind the stone face because sometimes you might say that you're thinking, but it, it might even go deeper. It's, oh, I feel like the little girl and dad is talking to me in a way. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think you got so to what, to what degree would that be? Uh, um, would that resonate for you, Amanda? If it's oh. uh, not too edgy. No, I mean, well, sometimes it's thinking through what my response is in that, like, you know, wanting to always please and that sort of thing of thinking through how to word something. So sometimes it's that other times it sparked an idea in my brain, but my brain needs some time to follow that rabbit hole a little bit and see where it's going to like formulate it as, you know, Oh, I love that. And then what about if we like tweaked it in this way or what if we went here with it? So there could be various reasons. <laughs> how, how easy is it for you guys to say no to the other person? Interesting. Well, I think with that, there's definitely that element of like Christine was saying before that we are both able to put our ego aside and leave space for the other to take things in a certain direction if it's important to them or if they really want to explore that. Mm -hmm. So I don't know that we come right out and say no to things a lot. There's always kind of like, it's never a no because someone like just doesn't want to. Mm -hmm. Like I think that in the business, for example, I'm always wanting to do something new and usually weird um really, <laughs> like, really? I, I wouldn't have thought that no not at all right <laughs> but I'm always like hey this is cool this is interesting let's do this like I have no idea what this is let's give it a try which I think can be challenging mm -hmm. for Amanda because it's a different it's not necessarily how you live your life mm -hmm. um but then I really need that person that says like Kristen that's too nuts like that doesn't make sense. That's not a good idea. <laughs> or, or it's just too many great ideas all at once. And we only have so many hours in the day. 
Right. So I think that that for us, that's challenging because I'm like, I, I'm excited about something new and I want to, and I want to do it, but then to listen, because I love her and trust her and trust that she has our best interest at heart. I can listen to her say, you need to sleep sometimes. We can't do all of the things. And that doesn't really make logical sense for our business. So I think we've built kind of a trust of knowing. And then sometimes there's times when Amanda's like, I don't know about that. And I'm like, we're going to do it because I know that it's mm. a, it's challenging for her, but I think it will be good. Mm, yeah. so it's this, a relationship that we've built of knowing that the other person has our best interest at heart. Mm. So we can trust that when they're saying no, it's because they really need that no to be heard. Yeah. Yeah, you're talking for me about the perfect balance of people watching your backside and encouraging you to take risk. Because mm-hmm. that's actually where the where I've noticed in my own life, like if I don't have a person next to me, I could sit and watch a Netflix series and not give a shit about anything. So so there's like a degree to which just having another person in in the ballpark. His say, wife. Yeah. You even. We wouldn't do this show. Bambo, we started this show because Bambo said, hey, Andy, you know, I'm getting all of this insight from you. Why don't we just do a show and we'll talk about the things we talk about off air, just do it on air. And, you know, it's the first day of the of the COVID virus uh, lockdown. So why yeah. don't we do something nice for that time? Yeah. I mean, and think about that. That's We've done 242 shows since COVID began. This is wow. just every day. We, we had a three month uh, hiatus. hiatus. But yeah. yeah, but in general, it's just just every day we book a show. So my point being that if I didn't surround myself with people who were also challenging me, then I could easily take a path of easier, less resistance mm-hmm. and do things that just that were just not as challenging. Yeah. I, I had a picture of him uh, three years ago. I, I took a picture of him. And I put her on a vision board and I'm like, I'm going to work with this guy. And here we are. Yeah. 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 Which one of that's you awesome. is the, is the crazy one? And which one of you is the. Interesting. Voice of reason. I don't know. Me neither. <laughs> I, I have a really good dose of craziness, but yeah. this fucker the same. It's like it's like kind of it's almost like we'll keep one another in check if they go too far off either way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But a lot of the interactions when you were speaking reminded me I I had a dear mentor who died about 5 or 6 years ago and he was the one in my life who I was a director of a computer company and then I sold all the stuff I owned and just said I'm starting life over again. And, and, and he was, uh, he was Kristen and I was Amanda. So, so it's funny because if I look at myself now, I'm more like Kristen and less like Amanda, but at that time I was 80% Amanda. And, mm-hmm. uh, and it was really interesting for me because he, he was taking bigger risks than I was taking in my own life. He was, uh, he would do things in trainings. And I remember even talking about it. I would get, I haven't really had it since he needed to break every person in a training, you know, like the word break, like this horrible masculine energy of they need to have an experience. And, and so I am very sensitive. I, you know, I'm more empathetic. So I was feeling 
the pressure of the individual who is not allowing themselves to surrender to the thing he was trying to support them in. And uh, so I would get the worst sweaty palms, like my palms would sweat, like, so I could tell how difficult the session was by like just the perspiration coming out of my system. And, and now he's good. He's good. And now I'm the one in his chair. Cause after he died, I didn't have, I couldn't just sort of sit back and watch him do the work. I'm like, hold on. It's time for me to step in and take the risks that it was easy for me not to take when he was there. Mm. So he took his place. So I had to take in my own way, of course, yeah. but mm-hmm. like it was easier for me to let him do the hard work and then stay where I was a bit more comfortable. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'd yeah. like to dive into uh, meditation a little bit. So, yeah. I mean, I, I almost had a, like a panic attack, a contraction in my chest. Half a year ago, my business was going down the drain. I was running out of money for the second time during the, the pandemic. And I was working behind my computer and it was all fear-based. And I'm like, okay, or I'm going to get a heart attack at the age of 44, or I need to go to the doctor and get medicated or get to a therapist. And I was looking at the choices and none of them were appealing. And I even thought mm-hmm. I'm out of the window. And then I thought, breathe, motherfucker. So I sat down, I put my timer on, and I started, I did a hundred minutes of breath work. And I, I, I promised myself, since my life depends on this, I'm not going to get up until my alarm goes off. After mm-hmm. 100 minutes, I couldn't find an ounce of tension in my body. Yes. And there was a space in me, and I just couldn't. Mm-hmm. And, and my mind's like, I, I can't hold on to this moment. But what I dedicated to from that moment was 100 minutes on a daily basis since then. Amazing. And um, it's funny because what I've discovered, your outer circumstance might not have changed, but the, you create space inside you mm-hmm. to be creative. And before the fear contracted me and I couldn't be creative. Mm-hmm. So if you hear my story, I'm wondering if you have something to share in your own experience, how it's being meaningful and impactful in your own lives. Well, I think we always, we always say in our meditations that you find your best Mm -hmm. solutions in a meditative state. You'll think that you don't know how to solve your problems. You'll think that you're completely stuck. Um, when you sit down, when you breathe, when you become present in your body, um, when you let your mind relax and calm, the solution 99% of the time is there. And it just, you're like, oh, that's what I need to do. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of been a huge lesson. And I think, I think we live in a society that has given us so many ways that we can escape our emotions, we can escape what's happened to us, mm-hmm. we can escape our traumas, the things that we're feeling. Um, we can watch Netflix forever. Our phones, right? Right. Yeah. We're on our phones, we're watching Netflix. Uh, if you ever watch people walking down the street, they've got a podcast in, they're talking on the phone. We're always distracted from our thoughts, our feelings, and our emotions because we do not want to sit with them. Mm. But when you never sit with them, you never acknowledge them. And 
deal with the emotions that you have, they just build up inside of us. And so that can often lead to like what you're, what you're saying in your experience, that moment of just anxiety and so much tension in your body that you, you're sitting there going, what do I even do right now? But like, I know this is a pivotal moment. I need to do something. Yeah. Mm Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And it's been, it's been really powerful kind of in my personal life as a tool to process Mm. as a tool. And it's, and I'm not going to lie to people. It can be really painful initially because we're not taught to sit with ourselves. We're not taught to sit alone with our own minds. And a lot of people, when you say like, that's, you're going to have to do that. It's a terrifying prospect to them. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to have to listen to your own mind. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but there's a really interesting, I was listening to a man speak and he said, okay, like, think about this for a second. You are, you are observing your mind. Mm. So you as a, as a person are listening, you're observing the voice in your mind, that inner voice. So you can't be the observer and the voice. Like you just literally, you can't, you can't be both those things. So if you're the observer, what the fuck is that voice? <laughs> right. Interesting. Mm-hmm. N- nice, uh, nice, nice twist. And I didn't think about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And having that sort of perspective can really help you to distance yourself from your thoughts, especially when you're in meditation and you're watching your busy monkey mind throw all these thoughts and emotions at you. I'm not good enough. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'm not worthy. I'm not deserving. I'm a jerk. I'm fat. I'm ugly. All of these things. Yeah. All of these self judgments when you're able to gain that bit of distance and say, Oh, like that voice, that's not even me. I give my, I, so (laughs) I give my internal voice a name. Um, She also happens to be our boss because we work for ourselves. So I call her Susan. She's a hard ass, that woman. And so when I'm in meditation and that voice pops up, I'm like, Susan, shut up. (laughs) Susan, shut it. Like, I'm not going to let you talk to me like that. (laughs) Wow, you sound schizophrenic. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, maybe. No, but it's really really beautiful what you're saying, actually. And I could see why that would work. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd, I'd like to shift to something else. Your family and your relationships, uh, like, hey, I, I, we have a business on meditation and, and how, how do your family support or not that journey? Mm. Because yeah, what, percentage, what percentage of the family thinks you're Looney Tunes? <laughs> Give us a percentage. Are we talking 50% or 80%? Amanda, do you get like, you're working with that girl with the short hair and the tats on her chest? <laughs> What kind of shit is that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Amanda probably's got it on her end just by affiliation with you. No, no, I've never gotten that. No, they met person. They think she's awesome. Um, <laughs> they did met. They did meet me before I shaved my head, so that might have been a little bit of a. Hmm. My mom's seen you since she was yeah, right. But, but, great at but, looking at you. Oh, yeah. yeah. But I mean, um, in all seriousness, are there people on either sides of your family who are, have a hard time embracing that meditation is your your job? So 
my mom, when mom, are you listening? She'll yeah. My mom, when she doesn't agree with something, she intentionally mispronounces it. <laughs> Example. She's so nice. Uh, she's so lovely mm. and so nice, but just has her little like. I think this is crazy. She will just refuse to correctly pronounce things that she knows are pronounced differently. So um, we've finally gotten her past the point of mispronouncing meditation or like gently forgetting what the name of our business is. Oh, did she? What's, it, what's meditation? How would she pronounce it? Um, well, she'd be like, you know, meta, meta you know, ugh, meditation, like, but it would take her a bit, mm, like, which yeah. she obviously knows. Um but I think mm. I've been like this my whole life. So my my family is pretty used to me doing things that are not like, I think it would be mm. weirder to them if I was like, hey, mom, dad, I'm going to be a teacher. They would be like, or like, a you know, like a regular, like a, yeah. uh, you know, a lawyer, office worker or, something, or I'm yeah. going to go work in an office. They would be like, are you OK? Yeah. <laughs> Everything OK? I don't know. Mm. What, how does your family feel? Ah, I mean, my mom is a huge supporter. She loves everything we do and thinks it's great. And she's made meditation a part of her life, which is awesome. We also, so we do a lot of meditations and we also do a lot of sound healing and sound baths. Um, Which is out there for people. Which is a bit more out there. And so I think that's probably the part that everyone in my family to an extent just kind of raises an eyebrow at and they're like, I've never experienced it. I have no idea what it's about, but it seems out there and it seems kind of weird, but you like it and the people in your community love it. So that's great. Um, So it's more just that, yeah, not fully understanding that part, but Mm. in general, they're really supportive. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. And we're both really, really lucky to have partners that, Mm are super supportive of us yeah. will come to our stuff, even if they don't necessarily <laughs> understand it or get it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. That's a definition yeah. of a loving partner, I would say. So so I have one subject, uh, money. Yeah, I had money down here as well. How do you guys deal with finances? Yeah. Who, and who gets more, more, more salary? Ah. <laughs> At this point, we split uh, everything 50-50. Um, and that kind of hasn't been an issue. Let, let, let me let me check in with something. Do you, are you guys equal in partnership, or do you feel sometimes one of you has to manage the other, mm. even if it's a slight, slight? We have really different. I think one of the things that makes our business work is that we have different things that we're good at, mm-hmm. and so. If we want the other person, more of the other person's participation in kind of our side of the business, then I think we both have to be like, you know, Amanda will be like, can you respond to these emails, please? Yeah. Um, And I'll be like, hey, I booked us an interview. So I'm showing up (laughs) at your house at 730 in the morning. Um, So I say the awake and caffeinated, please. (laughs) Yeah. So I think that um, we both kind of manage different parts of Mm. the business yeah um and then we kind of have to be on the other person to 
to do what we need them to do in the part of the business that we deal more with. Mm. That makes sense. Is is this the interview that you booked? One of, One yes. Of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. Because I had this colleague I mentioned who died, and we 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 uh, we worked together for I think five years, five years more, ten years probably. But the thing was was that the last two years of his life he had cancer, and uh, he really couldn't work all that much. So I was working invoicing, but paying him half of the salary. And it was really interesting because in a way from the uh, societal understanding, that would be an incorrect way to work because he wasn't doing half of the work then. I was doing all the work. He was off somewhere uh, just trying to get cancer treatment. And I said, hey. And green juicing. We've, uh, we've, we've done this journey together. So actually, the money is ours to share. And if this is mm-hmm. the, the, the payback, if let's say that, in supporting you when you supported me early on when I wasn't as good or adept at doing this, but I got better. Mm-hmm. So now I could service us and bring the money in that he was bringing then hey that was the trust he put in me and then it, it, it goes both ways wow. mm-hmm. and, and 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 it's interesting because i noticed that that way of working isn't so familiar to people because there's the idea of possession and ownership and i do so much that has this many hours and that means you did that many hours so how how do you guys how does that like land for you hmm First of all, that's really beautiful. Yes, your relationship and how that all worked out. I really love that. I think that I think that it's it's different when you're working with someone that you love or care about or have a vested interest in their well-being. The most unhappy I've ever been in my entire life is when I've kept a scorecard. And for me personally, like, that's just, Mm -hmm. I just can't work like that. I, because we, if you only give out X amount, you only have room to get back X amount. Yeah. Like it never gets any bigger because it's always just the exact same. And like, I've tried to work with other friends where it's like, I did this exact thing. So you have to do this exact thing without kind of realizing that humans are human. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, we've had points too in our working relationship where one of us is going through something or, you know, something's happened. We're not feeling well. And for whatever reason, we're not able to do some of the things we'd normally do. And so we'll kind of go back and forth and it's, just this relationship of, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm crazy right now. Or like, I really can't do this right now. Can you take it over? And so we'll kind of go back and forth to some extent as well with sort of covering one another when life gets crazy or an animal gets sick. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And kind of recognizing the the humanity in it first, Mm -hmm. but then also the other thing that the flip side of that is, is knowing that that other person has your best business and the best interest of the business at heart. And that they, if capable and when capable will work as much as they can for the business. Yeah. 
what I'm hearing, similar to the relationship I mentioned with my former colleague, was that there was really a, a deeply shared values. Mm. And I don't think people understand that values are far more important or as important because business needs to run as well. But mm. that, that if you don't share values and you start a business with someone, it's one of the most painful experiences that you'll go through in a lifetime. Yes, yeah. it sure is. <laughs> yeah. I've been there. <laughs> yeah. So what would you say your, your values are? Mm. Compassion and coffee. Yeah. <laughs> that sums it up really well. Yeah, I was going to go with empathy, but compassion is just as good. Yeah. I mean, I guess the driving part of our business is integrity with our word. If we say something is going to get done, it means that it'll get done. It'll suck. We might have to stay up until two o'clock in the morning to get it done, but it will get done. Mm -hmm. So we always have that trust that anything that the other person says is going to happen will happen, which I think is really crucial in business yeah. to have that kind of trust that mm -hmm. someone's not going to flake out on you. Yeah. And then obviously the compassion for one another and kind of looking at each other from that human first perspective, rather than the business being the sole thing that we're looking at or thinking about. And that also extends out to our community as well and how we approach all of our events and interactions with them, always having mm -hmm. a lens of compassion. Yeah. I think that's that one is probably one of the most fundamental ones that I, compassion is part of that. the second one for me, actually, because mm -hmm. the humanity, when I see that absent in anything, I'm not interested anymore at all in life. Like it's over, like, you, you know, whatever your business is, it doesn't interest me. So mm -hmm. in meetings, if things come up where there's an emotion that's, that's arising, but we're not discussing it, then that's unacceptable for me. Like the meeting is about whatever that emotion is. And we allow that to resolve itself. And then we can go back to, whatever it is we thought was important. Nice. Um, and that's not an easy thing for culture to get if it didn't start that way. Yes. Yeah. yeah. If it starts yeah. that way, it's okay, because anyone that enters understands the rules of the game. But if yeah. you enter a system where there's a lot of masculine energy, where people are trying to get outcomes, and then there's somebody that just had a parent die, and they're in a meeting, and then there's no one acknowledging that their parent died yesterday. Can we acknowledge that this might be the worst place for them to be? Like, this makes no sense for us to pretend like this is like, why are they here? That's the, yeah. that's the yeah. yeah. And they're not going to be a great employee if they're super distracted and then they're not receiving that support from their community, mm -hmm. which is their work community yeah. at that point. Mm -hmm. So, ugh, yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, no to all of that. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you're meant to be Zen. <laughs> and what did you say? You're meant, you're like, I'm projecting. So, I can imagine you're meant to be Zen. Can you repeat the sentence? Yeah, you're meant to be Zen. So I, I mm -hmm. go to them and they're, they're facilitators of meditation, but you're running a business also. So how do you navigate uh, if you're going through stress and tension or something challenging in your lives where mm -hmm. you don't suppress the emotion? And uh, so it's okay to have that emotion. So we had a really, really interesting meditation very early on at the farm it was at the farm where I have my horses mm -hmm. and this was kind of the pivotal moment where we knew that we, there was also some space for us to express ourselves and emotion. Mm -hmm. We were 
the day before, two days before we were supposed to lead this like sold out meditation. So many people were coming. One of our, the horses on the farm died in a really tragic, horrific way. And we all, we witnessed it or I, I witnessed it and it was horrible. Like it was just, he had to be euthanized. It was absolutely horrible. It was so horrible. And so I thought, okay, we're going to, like, I told Amanda and we thought, okay, do we cancel this meditation? But we couldn't even get in touch with half of the people that were supposed to be coming. And so we thought, okay, we'll just do it. I won't do any part of the meditation. I'll kind of just be there. Um, Amanda can, you know, we'll do the meditation. And we got there and there's, you know, so many people yeah, yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, I can. And I just, we do a thing where we do like a gratitude circle, like something that we're grateful for at the beginning. And it got to my turn and I was just like, I, I can't. And I said, like, I have to let you guys know, like, this is something that happened. The horses are all in mourning because they do really mourn. And I'm really sad and I want to do this meditation, but I, like my heart is just like, and we all cried like every single person in that group it was just this collective like we all I sobbed everyone cried we let it all out we let I think it was a letting go meditation like it was something and we did the meditation I had to stop several times to kind of let out that emotion but it was that moment for me and for us I think in our business where this community that we accidentally created um, gave us the space to not just be like these gurus and these like leaders, but also like, let us just be human mm-hmm. and let us express ourselves and gave us that space and held that for us in such a beautiful way that kind of let us know that there was some space mm-hmm. for us to be mm-hmm human and i think that might be something that makes us a little bit different than people that are trying to appear perfect behind this facade of like i am completely healed i am the zen master uh, nothing ever affects me um and so i think that gives people space to say like i am really struggling because they're not afraid of being judged because we're honest about when we're struggling as well Oh, thanks for sharing. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh, I I felt the beginning of tears there when you talked about. <laughs> yeah. You didn't go into the details, but the way the the energy of your words said it all. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just some light light conversation. Yeah. That's our show. Yeah. We had yeah. a guest that once said, "Am I supposed to feel better after your shows?" Yeah. I got a call afterwards, and someone who hadn't seen his show said, "I'm confused. Am I supposed to feel better after watching your shows?" <laughs> oh my god! It's real, right? Yeah. Like that's real life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we we have a minute, and, and we're more than happy to go. With um, can can you tell people that are potentially watching um, where to find you if they'd be interested? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So our website is wellnessonthefarm.ca and you can find us on all the social media places at wellness on the farm. 
Yeah. And we've got a bunch of meditations up on YouTube and we're teachers on Insight Timer as well. So people are able to get a sense for some of our meditations and have a listen if they'd like. Wellness yeah. on the farm.ca. Well, thank you too. It was really sweet. Uh, being with you. Thank you so much. It was really nice grateful. to you. Bye. Thank you, Mr. Shayla. You're welcome, Mr. Dimitriou. That was really sweet. It was very sweet. Yeah, you see, basically, uh, you know, it's it's nice when you when you connect with people that are also sharing values in their work. You, you it bleeds into everything they do. That's correct. And I see, obviously, we we share a lot of values as well, which is uh, which is why we've done 242 of these together and not killed one another. It's a wonderful chaos. We like it that way.